Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. It's the end of round 16. We've only got two rounds left to go, and who better to talk to? It is the only one at Dr. Supercoach that's playing very well at the end of this year, and it's Pistol, <laughs> mate. You've had another fantastic round, I hope. So uh, uh, looking good for a strong finish for you to the end of the year. If I can manage to avoid some of the injuries, which I'm not sure I'm going to be able to, uh, then I'm tracking okay. Of We're still recording in the middle of the Gold Coast-Brisbane game, so apologize in advance that we won't be able to have final prices or break-evens throughout this podcast, but we wanted to try and get it out before um, the West Coast-St. Kilda match tomorrow because there's some uh, important aspects we want to talk about before that game. But yeah, I've, I've ticked over 2,100, so hopefully um, Neil and Greenwood can keep pushing and I can move up and try and really, really catch... JB's 164 from last season. It's definitely on the cards. While you're chasing JB's highs, I'm chasing JB's low. (laughs) It's the Chizo chase down, literally down, Pistol. It's down the rankings. I'll be lucky if I scraped 1850 this week. Every premium that missed, I copped. Uh, Every injury I've copped. I had bloody Riccardi on field over close. It's been an absolute nightmare, and... My high hopes of having like my you know strongest finish ever, uh, kind of going down the gra- they're down the drain a little bit here, mate. So uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to keep myself excited, but uh, we do have some important things to go through. Uh, a lot of uh, you know, even though we're getting low on trades, there are some really um, important aspects we need to consider because with fewer trades means we need to make you know more important decisions on who we need might need to use them on uh, mate we will jump in through uh, some housekeeping you got some donos to go through for the cancer council i will and you know what I, i'm going to have to give you a, a clap on the back because even though i've seen your team you've had five premiums miss this round some of them last minute as well and you still managed to avoid getting a donut so i don't know how i would go uh, uh, getting Rivers on field wasn't too bad. Just uh, had to waste my second last trade by getting Ming Ling out to get Rivers a score. But, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm hoping, hoping that was better than getting rid of Zach Williams if he's back this week. Uh, well, yeah. So, firstly, pat on the back, we've avoided the, the donut there. But no I'm donuts. To... Don't, don't you jinx me now, mate. Sorry. I, every year I increase my donation because I get even more confident that I'm a better super coach player. This year, I'm definitely not going to get a donut. And then somehow I end up with four or five of them at the end of the year. And so I just feel like you're just pumping me up for a $200 donation here in a second. <laughs> for the next two rounds. Well, there are some injuries floating about that we'll talk about in a sec. So um, anyway, let's jump into the Council Council donations. Ryan Pritchard, thank you very much for your donation. Um, he says, missed a lockout for the first time this season. You know, early game gets assault. Missed getting Gorn, May, and Emergency on Rivers. But then I got more points from Lloyd and Rob instead. Dumb luck. That's... It's donation for dumb luck. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. Oh, it's great. I mean, I'm glad it worked out. That's May had a stinker and lost the uh, kicking duties to Rivers, which really hurt his score, particularly in the wet when Fremantle were just kicking behind after behind. And secondly, we have a donation from uh, Damiano um, back on that dockety below 95.5 uh, bet that's been going on, the Cancer Council bet. He says, it's a limerick as requested by Benny. Hopefully it is to your high standards. He says, Benny's buzz boys was ecstatic. Doherty wasn't so slick as he failed to hit the agreed 95.5 peak. Damiano faced the truth on Slack with Ben. Oh no, Doherty sucks again. The victor enjoys seeing a donation made to CC this week. Not bad. 
Not bad, not bad. I, I, I think we need to uh, stick to the 10 words per line, the old Shakespeare <laughs> rule. I, that's got a proper name, but I can't remember it. <laughs> that's uh, not too bad. Look, if I have to judge him, I think um, Benny may have had the edge over Damiano. But Wait, does, does this mean Damiano has to keep, like, if, if we get to Doherty's potential uh, injury in a moment, does that mean if he's not playing, that's technically sub-90 because he didn't, he didn't score that week? Well... I mean, you're copping, a, you're copping a zero from him. You can't go back to Supercoach HQ and be like, no, nah, that's not a zero. I should get his average score. <laughs> so you bring up an interesting point because uh, they actually asked this as a podcast question. Um, Benny, oh, Benny really? asked, should Damiano have to pay um, if he's out? And you're saying yes. Wait, we're the judge. We're the judge and jury we're here for Damiano. Right All right. Uh, how many donations yes. has Benny Buzzboys done? Two? Oh, yeah. I think it's two. I think it's two two. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think it's two two. So if it's two two, we call it that. If it's two one, then Damiano does one more to catch up. Look, I think, um, I think, I would be against having to pay that because I think that's you can't really predict the injury. But come on, mate, don't pretend like this is an important question. We're raising raising money for the cancer council, <laughs> but for the cancer council, and Doherty <laughs> has a history, I guess, of injury. So you got to kind of take that into consideration so i think our final nah, ruling nah, is this you is, have to he should have considered that before he got on board there we go damiano it's locked in um <laughs> thank you very very much for your next two donations to the cats love it and we the only thing i'll say just before we move on is the amount of like whinging i see on twitter about things they've done wrong or they captained this person wrong where's the donations I, I, I don't at me on twitter with what you did this week if there's not a screenshot of a dono i reckon Hey, support the Cancer Council with these Donate for Donuts. Don't, don't expect a response unless you're not jumping on board. Okay, here we go. Cheeso, you want to take us through the next important topics? <laughs> All right, Pistol, we've got prize leagues. Now, we always like to see who's winning, uh, scoring the most points from month to month. It's a little bit anticlimactic, and we shouldn't have expected anything different, Pistol. We've got a uh, just a, a back-to-back monthly winner. <laughs> Yeah, the first time ever, I believe. Um, look, you've spoiled it a little bit. Usually, I was going to go three, two, one. You know, I'm still going to go three, two, one because of how close it was. <laughs> I, only, I know why too. In third place for the month, we have myself. Yeah, at, there we uh, go. <laughs> Eleven thousand three hundred and three points. In second place again, back to back second places, we have the other blackie who had eleven thousand three hundred and. Four points. So he beat me by a singular point um, in second place. And first place, again, General Saunas continues his absolutely phenomenal season. It's just, it's incredible um, how he's going this season. And he scored 11,337 points. So only pipped me um, by 34 points. But I just do want to point out that the other Blackie has almost matched. General soreness for the entirety of the season. It's only round one. I think. I think the other blackie is. Um, he'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he was outside 90k after the first week, and is now about to break inside the top 100. So that's uh, that's incredible. That's that's when people say, "Oh, I had a really bad round one, and you know my season's gone," and then complain about it for the next four weeks. Like or give up, JB. just go ship completely. <laughs> I'm just guessing. But Blackie, <laughs> he, he managed to fight back all the way, straight back yeah. into the uh, top 110 season, in a shortened season as well. So I, I'm just disappointed I didn't get to pick him for rivalry league. He would have been right up there in the draft. Oh, yeah, no, Team Pistol. Late, late inclusion, we, uh, late withdrawal. So all, all three of those 
JB, uh, uh, Shizo are Team Pistol members. Yeah, it's gross. And then we wonder why you guys like Still just lost. had a massive fight back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who else was dragging the team down? That's what we want to know. Um, so we've also got the random uh, winner, the the Lucky Door Prize, and that goes to Matty G. So congratulations, Matty G, getting in contact with us, and uh, we'll send some merch down. Um, General Saunas, if you feel like we need to order something completely brand new because you filled out the merch cupboard completely, just let us know. We'll, uh, we'll design something <laughs> from scratch for you. Um, so, yeah, that's all the housekeeping pistol. We will get into uh, the important Supercoach news. Obviously, top of the show, we need to talk about the injuries. There are many that could impact the coming weeks, let alone before we get into the rest. Let's not get too upset about the whole thing. Uh, we'll start off with the uh, what I would consider to be the easy one in Jai Simkin. What did you make of the incident? Yeah, so... Look, standard concussion, um, they they don't seem super certain that he'll be back in time for the next week, which is a little bit frustrating um, just because we've seen players come back from concussion. Obviously not um, Kelly, but other players throughout the season have come back within a week. Um, so I'm holding my fingers crossed, but I just think they've got nothing to play for. They've just had players in their side um, suffer, I guess, poor concussions. I don't really know why they'd rush him back. It feels like they've got nothing really to play for. So um, I guess my prediction would be that he is going to not play this week, which is a little bit of a pain. Yeah, I, I think it was a... Watching the footage, it wasn't a massive impact. It seemed a lot more precautionary. Uh, and he was up walking around at the end of the game. He looked actually quite good. Uh, I, I think it also plays into his favour that it's going to be... Um, from Saturday until the coming Saturday, so he gets a full week's worth of recovery, um, which, again, uh, if it's not a severe concussion and he has no long-lasting symptoms, uh, seven days is around the mark where you're allowed to, to, to start contact work again. So uh, I think there's definitely a chance that he'll play. It's probably 50-50 in my eyes. It's definitely not a, um, a gruesome one that had uh, really obvious um, and, and drastic effects uh, immediately after the incident. Um, that, like we saw with Josh Kelly. So I, I'm certainly optimistic, uh, maybe even hopeful that he will get up to play. Um, but yeah, 50-50 in my eyes, Pistol. I think that's uh, one one to keep in mind. We're another forward, icing his calf at the end of the game. That's Jack Martin. Is he the worst trade-in I have ever made? And I brought in Josh Kelly when I was blind drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, at the end of the game... He took off the ice and threw it on the floor next to him and had the team meeting without ice on the calf. And then there were comments from the coach that did suggest that they weren't sure if it was a corky or a strain. So there is a chance that he can still play this week depending on results. Obviously, if it's a strain and he's not going to play, he's probably, I'll say, a trade-out option for this week. But... If it's a corky, he, he could still be named. So fingers crossed on that one for owners. I mean, is it fingers crossed, Jizo? Because he's almost worse than Riccardi at this point in time. You could potentially bench him. Yeah, nah. I, I don't. I, I, I'm just shattered. I've got to be, I've got to be totally honest. I, I, I let the numbers and the allure of higher rank persuade me to not get Parrish and I've just hated every moment since <laughs> I mean you also got Brayshaw and he's been great so a, I didn't get Brayshaw oh you didn't I, get Bra- I got Petrarca instead so oh, okay well he did okay but I, I had him last week and he still got outscored by Brayshaw <laughs> <laughs> alright right, so next injury, uh, uh, next injury is uh, 
reported late this afternoon that Sam Doherty has a bit of a calf niggle as well, I believe. Um, but there's a little, not as much clarity around um, how he might progress as the week progresses towards round 17 and whether he might be available uh, for their game against the Crows. Yeah, look, it was just Tom Brown that said that he had a bit of a niggle. And then the Carlton injury list in there, they gave a update um, tonight and they didn't put him in the video saying that there was anything wrong with him whatsoever. I don't know if they're being secretive or whatever it might be. Um, so I'm not going to hold too much weight to the docket injury until we have more news confirmed. Obviously, if it's a strain, he's also potentially a trailer option with his injury history, and uh, you know they're probably going to cotton ball him. So I'll have to wait and see. But yeah, fingers crossed these uh, Carlton players can get up. I have all of these players, Chizo, so this is a bit awful at the moment. <laughs> well, let's talk about one that I also have, and that's Zach Williams nursing a bit of uh, uh, inflammation or a little bit of a flare-up in his Achilles. Um, it, it seems to me a little bit more like they've put him on uh, you know, a mandatory rest, uh, thinking that they'd have an easy game yeah. against Adelaide as opposed to him actually being injured and needing to be sidelined. Yeah, I, I first saw Achilles and thought, oh no, you know, recurring injury, this is bad, hasn't pulled up well, you know, all the red flags. And then I thought, you know what, they've, they're playing Adelaide, they probably think they're going to get an easy win. But now they... They need to win or they miss finals, essentially. True. Um, so I would expect them to play any player that is, you know, 90% fit if they're in the best, you know, 22 to try and get those wins because otherwise he's going to have a long time to recover off if they don't make finals. So for me, I'm, I'm leaning towards him uh, being named this week. Yeah, and I think he's back. And I think uh, the fact that they play the Ds as well, both teams like right on that borderline of making... You know, sliding into the eighth at the at the eleventh hour, I think uh, there's every opportunity they bring him back and just throw everything they have at it. So I certainly agree with that. Uh, we'll talk about Josh Kelly. This is the uh, the second game post concussion, as we discussed the the other week before. Ten days since that concussion is getting to the stage. Um, you know, he's passed that week of no contact work. Uh, as uh, uh, seven days after the 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 moment, you no longer have. Um, symptoms of concussion is when you can begin contact work again. Um, and it, we're basically on that mark right now. Uh, I, I saw from the club today, um, the last time they did a bit of a checkup on him, he was still feeling a little bit hazy, which concerns me that this week uh, is going to be another situation again where they're just sitting him out just to, to make sure there's no long-lasting damage from uh, what was a sickening injury. Yeah, I said... Right after I said I don't trust the GWS medical staff at all. They've just lied to us time and time again, specifically about Josh Kelly. And honestly, even I heard there was rumors. I have no idea the source. So I'm going to say completely could be nothing. But they'll say maybe there was like a minor facial fracture or something as well. And honestly, I don't trust GWS medical staff to ever tell us the truth. Um, they haven't this year. They haven't last year. And we have no idea what the severity of his injury. Um, if he misses this week, I wouldn't be surprised. And if he misses the week after, I also wouldn't be surprised. So until he's physically on the ground and the ball's about to be bounced, I just have no faith in him actually being named, which is a little bit worrying um, for owners. And, you know, obviously I was in the camp of holding him, thinking it was just going to be back. But, oh, geez, GWS medical staff are frustrating. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, we've talked about uh, some of the major ones. Unless uh, there's anyone else you need to cover off before I get into the next question. No, I think Nick Nat's back, so we don't really need to stress yeah. too much about. That, I think I think that was just a mandated resting that they disguised as a laid out, but that's just uh, my tactical personal, tactical personal laid opinion. Out. Yeah. Yeah. I I do believe. Um, so let's go through Simkin, Jack Martin, Doherty, Zach Williams, and Kelly. I've only got one trade remaining. I know a lot of people either have none or only one or two left. Obviously, we've got to be really tactical about what we do with that trade. Is there any names on that page that is jumping out at you that you would be looking to move on earlier than others? Yeah, so it's an interesting question. Obviously, it's team dependent in terms of what cover you have. If you have Riccardi um, coming on in your forward line to cover for Jack Martin, you know, that's essentially no points lost anyway. So I wouldn't stress too much about it. But if you don't have good cover and you only have one trade, and let's say all of these players are going to miss at least one week, or even just which ones we think are going to miss, um, I think in terms of value for money, Kelly is very expensive, so you can buy a much better replacement, um, which is certainly handy. But otherwise, if Doherty does, in fact, have a sprain and it comes out, I would think he's now at about 470-ish thousand, which, given he's only had two 100-plus scores in his last 12 or so weeks, I think it's 14 weeks, he would probably be the person that I'd be leaning to trade out out of all of those options, um, just because... You can get a suitable replacement, and he has been underperforming in general anyway. Okay, so what I'm picking up is, uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, Kelly, because he's the most expensive and the least trustworthy in terms of when we can predict that he will be back. Uh, you'd like to get him out of the way first? I think so. It, obviously, if he's named, you can hold him, but otherwise, all things equal, him first. Okay. All right. Uh, we've got uh, 2v2. So you've got Simkin and Martin in the forward line. Who are you picking? I'm keeping Simkin over Martin. And that's because Martin seems to be a soft tissue in- injury in Simkin. You could have uh, ended did- after soft. No. No. <laughs> he's, uh, okay. he's, he's, not, he's, he's a bit soft at the moment. <laughs> you, you're just trying to drag my, my team through the mud right now. Oh, yeah. I apologize. I forget you have all of these I, players. These are, I, I'm literally asking for your advice because I have these, these two in my <laughs> forward and back line. Right. Uh, so Martin for the soft, being soft injury, and Doherty and Williams in your back line, you're picking Doherty over Williams. I think to try out, yeah. I think yes. if, if that's a legitimate... Um, Source like if it comes out that he actually is having scans and is in doubt, then yes. Okay, and uh, obviously what you've discussed before, um, I'll try and paraphrase in the best way I can. There's no point holding a trade to the final round if you've already got donuts from the likes of Doherty and and Williams. Um, even if you have the cover of, of of like a Rivers coming on for on field for them, it, it's better off just to kind of. Um, try and get ahead of it and, and use that trade this week to try and get someone that might play two rounds as opposed to holding it, bringing a rookie on field that may or may not score well. You know, Rivers is averaging um, mid-50s and then using that trade next week anyway to get someone. That, that That's sort of your thinking. Um, you're trying to avoid a donut, so you might as well do that now. Pretty much, and I'm sure there'll be surprises for us <laughs> this week with another random injury that we'd never heard of as well. So you've got to take all of this <laughs> into consideration. 
Cool. Speaking of uh, rookies I've never heard of, we've got a couple to talk about as potential downgrade options. Uh, we've got Hamish Brayshaw, 102K mid from the Eagles, getting his debut this week. Um, coming into his first game. He looks like a, a downgrade option. It's a little bit concerning that literally every midfielder on their list needs to be injured before he gets a game, though, Pistol. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. They have Redden, um, Shui, Yo, and um, who's the other one? Gosh, it's oh, like frustrating me. <laughs> <laughs> they're all injured. Uh, they're they are Sheed, that's it. They're all injured at the moment. And they're all full geez, of Sheed. Yeah, like, look... If you need a 102k option, he's literally the cheapest player that you can purchase. And at least he's playing. He's playing. He's a warm body. He's a big body midfielder. You know, go for it. I think uh, that's a tick. Yeah, it doesn't have the uh, the delicate touch uh, or the endurance of his uh, his other brothers, but he definitely made, <laughs> so, uh, makes up for it by the hardness at the ball. I was going to say he's just like got neither of those things that the other two brothers. That's their biggest strength. So yes. it's, it's like if all of them were one player, they would be the perfect player. Yes. <laughs> I mean, they'd have six arms and six legs. I mean, like, how could you guard that? That's true. So I've lost the plot on that one. Oh, these condensed fixtures is just like melting my brain. We've, we've got Damon Greaves as well down back. I mean, we wanted to start him in the preseason. It's taken this long for him to get a game. He had great scoring potential in the preseason. Job security was the only issue. And now he's coming straight off the bat, scoring 97 points. Looks like a fantastic downgrade option. If you do need a defensive rookie, he is the man. Look, if you want to get him, you've you got to pick him this year because you're not picking him next year. He's going to be 600K. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be <laughs> He's not going to be that, not going to be that much, but his price is ruined with a 97 in it. Yeah, he's automatically too expensive next year, even if you yeah, got all, all, donuts. All we need is Gould to play, and then I, I don't even know if I'm back here in 2021. We've got no rookies to play. Oh, my gosh. I hope Gould is not named this year. That would be... That would be killer. Imagine if he that would scores be icing on the cake, wouldn't it? Oh. Just icing on the cake. Named round eighteen and scores a hundred points, and then is priced <laughs> at like four hundred k next year. That would just be devastating. <laughs> I'd probably laugh, mate. Um, Greaves obviously has the scoring potential. So um, if you're looking at uh, one of the premiums in the back line, that for whatever reason there's a permutation, there's a team out there that needs to consider scoring potential as well. Um, for one of these, uh, let's say uh, Simkin, Martin, Doherty, and Williams are all out next week, and you're just trying to use that one trade to get a rookie that's going to score the most. I think Greaves uh, generally has the, the the scoring potential to match as well. Totally, so, totally. Yeah. So um, if that sort of situation aligns with anything that you're dealing with, then that's also something to be considered with. I don't think we can expect the same from Brayshaw. Um, uh, but at least he's going to be a warm body. He's going to be a, a Schoenberg for me. Uh, if I was going to be bringing him in, just a, a, a bench option. Um, I, I think there's a, rookie options are pretty much drying up at the uh, uh, in terms of the remaining pistol. They're they're either getting one game or um, yeah, you just take what you can get at this stage. Yeah. If there's another player that you want, don't get too tricky with it. Yeah, basically, if they're playing, good. <laughs> yeah. That's that's the criteria. Yeah, really, really good, uh, mate. 
Uh, next one is captaincy options coming into round 17. Now, I don't know about you, but the last couple of rounds have been really, really difficult for me to find a captaincy option um, that I was going to go with. I've had to, you know, kind of lower my expectations. I, I, after the start of the season, having gone and, and the likes of Neil coming in, I was like, oh, anything under 130, I'm going to have a chance at. But the last couple of weeks, taking a couple of 120s from Titch, um, I, I, I think um, the way that I've approached the VC has changed a little bit in recent weeks. And uh, have you had any experience similar to that? Not really. I think part of my success this season has... I haven't really had a captaincy fail. I've now jinxed it. But the whole season, my loss was Neil's 113 last week. And oh. I don't think there was another score below 120. So... Um, yeah, nothing's really changed for me. I'm just, I, I think at the beginning of the season, I said it's going to be as straightforward for me, just doing Grundy into Gorn every single week, no matter what. I don't care what any other player is scoring. If I just do this consistently, I will get a good enough captaincy score to not ruin my season. Because again, last season, I had probably had equal as good seasons as I'm having now, but I had, I think it was like four captaincy scores under 100, um, which just kills your rank um it truly does so um that was my goal and then when when gorn went down um i subbed in neil and he basically was a captaincy option every week and when grundy's forms dipped that was the only week where it went a little bit dodgy and i had to go you know mccray into neil and now that gorn's back um it's i've been just doing i guess grundy into gorn or neil back into gorn so I don't think there's really a need to look outside probably four options if you own them at this point in time. I don't think you can... I don't think getting too clever is a positive right now. I mean, Neil, now the game's finished and he's just put up another pre-scaled 151. Uh, Most players, I would say, own Neil. And if you don't own Neil, you probably own Gorn. And if you don't own Gorn, you probably own Lloyd. And if you don't own all three, boy, you're in trouble. (laughs) Um, And I think it's really as simple as just put your VCs and Cs on two of those three players. And if you don't have them, then I guess you could try and do a gamble. But on on maybe like a McRae or uh, this week I put up a tweet. Cheezo, I'm I'm sure you've seen it. Um, Nat Fife's record against North Melbourne is out of this world. He's got... 11 of his last 12 against them above 108 and 10 of the last 12 against them above 120, which is just mind, mind-boggling, insane record. So I think he could be a relatively safe option for this week. But even so, I, I still wouldn't do it. I would just be putting the VCs and Cs on Lloyd, Neil, and, and gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think with the VC, you can still afford the opportunity of a flyer at someone. So if you if you really like the the look of um, Jack Steele uh, tomorrow night against the Eagles with no midfield, I I definitely would not be, you know, leaning against that because he's got every potential of going 150. Yeah. Look, I mean, even this round I did Gorn into Neil and I took Gorn and I got 132 and Neil outscored him. And I just think if you do that for the next two weeks, like probably the same thing will happen. You'll, you'll get 130 plus score and you don't even need to stress about hoping that my Tom Mitchell selection goes 130 plus because Neil and Gorn are averaging 140 points. Yeah. So they're just I, I, so I, much I, better though. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that 
what you're saying is that you know it's so easy just to go to Gorn into Neil. Only twenty percent of the competition owns Neil. Less than fifty percent of the competition. Uh, sorry, twenty percent of the competition owns uh, Gorn. Fifty percent of the competition owns Neil. I, I you know I quick maths in my head. It's not the majority of the competition that has those two to pick from. Easy one. peasy. So I'm trying yeah. to give some other options because what you're saying is catering to less than fifty percent <laughs> of the people listening, most likely. But you do just need one, and and make sure you go. I I would always, I guess, as general strategy. What about if you try and use one of those as your captaincy option? Okay, what's some VC options no, we can go it's with? It's the opposite. Chizo is my strategy. It's that those oh. three have the biggest scoring potential out of any player in the game right now. Like they're far and away, their scoring prowess is just out of this world, those three players. So I would be putting the VC, if I only owned one of them, the VC on that one to try and match the other players in the competition who may have done a VC into that player as a captaincy. And then, you know, if Lloyd goes 120, 130, 140, if that's the only one you own, then fantastic, I'll take that. And then do a captaincy in the game afterwards, which unfortunately... Looks to be Collingwood versus uh, Gold Coast, so you might not actually have a captaincy option. But that's yeah. generally the gist that I'd be utilizing um, as my, I guess, VC and captaincy strategy in rounds 17 and 18. Okay. So you would rather run, if you only had Neil, you only had Lloyd, you only had Gorn, you would rather VC them on the Sunday, the second final game of the round, and then put them into a Greenwood. Uh, you know, leave yourself with Greenwood or Grundy left, I'd as opposed, do it to Grundy, yeah. as opposed to try and find a steal, find a danger, uh, find a an Oliver Petrarca, uh, Titch or McRae, any one of those guys. Forego, forego all of those for the one option that you have after if they fail. I think so. I think just in terms of upside, like Oliver potentially might get the DeBoer tag or Pachaka might get DeBoer tag. Somebody's getting a DeBoer tag. Um, if, if, that, if they do cop, cop the DeBoer tag, then you're locked into Lloyd. Just say Lloyd's your only one out of... You don't have Neil and God. And then you're forced into taking Lloyd no matter what he gets. I just feel like it's safer if you put the VC on him. If Lloyd happens to fail, which would be absolutely shocking, half the competition... Well, not half, but a quarter of the competition has their C on Lloyd and their round's ruined. And then yeah. you can gain the grounds on having that Grundy. And you know what? Worst case scenario, I mean, it's not worst case, but average scenario is Lloyd does go 130 and you take it anyway. And it's no yeah. harm, no foul. So I just think in terms of risk management and strategy, um, that's kind of the, the ploy that I would be using. Okay. So it, the, the fact that they're so unlikely to have a poor score... Uh, means that their floor, they, like their captaincy floor, is high enough for you to forego the twenty percent chance that one of the other guys you pick might actually go one fifty. I think so. You, so you'd you'd yeah. rather you'd rather security in doing the VC and then leaving yourself with one or two mediocre options to choose as a captaincy replacement if they do somehow fail, which is unlikely. I just I look at my side and I mean everyone's team's different. I do have a lot of top end premiums, but. Lloyd, Neil, and Gorn are almost my top scorers every single week. I mean, outside of them, maybe one player will go above 130, but all three of those players I would expect to get 100. I probably wouldn't take a captaincy score below 130. And I, if you know, so what? What's the point? I'm trying to pick the one player in my team for my VC that may go above 130 just to ignore it 
most likely. Like, I, I feel like it's a, you said 20% chance. I feel like it's like a 10% chance, maybe 5% chance that they actually go above 130. 130 is really hard to, to do. Not many players do it. So, um, yeah, for me, I, I just think in terms of likelihood and playing the percentages, I, I would be putting the, the VC on those those big three and not even bothering with all these other chumps that can only score 120. <laughs> okay. I think I think I understand where you're coming from. That's a good conversation, though. Yeah, it, it's so so different to how I've ever played Supercoach. I've always loved having that security in being able to fall back on as opposed to leaving myself with no options if my safe option ends up failing. Well, you don't, don't get left with none. Obviously, you need to be realistic. Well, I've got Greenwood and I've got Grundy. If you've got Grundy, I don't think Grundy's a... a Big no, which isn't the but most favourable. He's definitely matchup, worse. But... He is definitely worse than the other options we've just mentioned. Yes. So he's, would he's you not worse. want to have a try at someone that is a better option first and then lead into your safe captaincy option rather than the other way no, around? No, I wouldn't. Because if you okay. get 125 from Jack Steele, you're probably taking 125 and then Lloyd's most likely putting up more than that. So you're, you're losing points. You're for that safety rather than putting the VC on Lloyd and it, I, you have two ways to win one way to win is Lloyd does really badly you you win because other people have put a captaincy on him and you can captain Grundy in the last game of the round so that that's a massive win and the other win is Lloyd just scores 135 and other people have taken Jack Steele's 125 and you've gained 10 points so the only way that you lose is if Jack Steele goes 150 and you miss out on that I mean, Lloyd could still go 150 and you might still win, but at that chance that Steele's going to go that much higher than Lloyd, I feel like most people wouldn't put money on a player in their midfield outscoring Lloyd, Neil, and Gorn. Like, it would be a very low percentage chance. I mean, there's some players that are massively in form, such as um, Matt Crouch, that I could you could argue against what I'm saying for, and I think that's totally reasonable, but not many players are in the form that, that Matt Crouch is in. Almost none. <laughs> sure. Okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's, that's totally your opinion, and I, I appreciate what you're coming from, and, you know, it, it's highly unlikely that there's going to be someone else that goes 130. I mean, we've got McRae averaging 125. Oliver averages 128 at the moment. Um, how many players in your team this round went above 130? Not a lot. Like, I didn't know if you have your, I got, I, your team I, I got 15. I got 15 premiums, mate. Not a lot. <laughs> so I'm, I'm having a look at my, my side. And uh, I've got Gorn's 132, Petrarca's 140, and uh, Neil's 151. They're the mm. only scores above 130. So I would have had to put the VC on Petrarca. Um to get points there and if I yeah like I mean my VC would have been on Gorn, Neil or Lloyd and Petrarca did outscore Lloyd but I don't know if that's something that I would consider as highly likely mm. um, I mean Greenwood did get 128 which is fantastic but it's still nowhere in the realms of those three Gorn, Lloyd and Neil's scoring potential yeah okay Sure. Anyway, I think we can probably move on with <laughs> discussing this for a while, and it was it, it was pretty interesting. Um, did you have any VCs that you wanted to discuss this week before we move on? Uh, Gorn, Lloyd, or Neil. If you don't have either of those, <laughs> then you're pretty much <laughs> f***ed. 
All right, that's a uh, a cheeso swear on the podcast. Um, it's a we've now had to upgrade our podcast to a to an, an M rating cheeso. Um, do you mind if I now go through some podcast questions? Swanee asks if you have no injuries, so that's a great start. No injuries, we don't have to care for that factor, and you have trades left this week. Do you use them to? get the underperforming premiums off your field or should you save them in case you have injuries for next round? Um, I think it depends how many trades you have remaining. Like if you've just got one trade remaining, I wouldn't bother using that to sideways a 90 averaging premium to a 100 averaging premium. I'd still hold that for yep. um, an injury in the final round and then you can worry about doing stuff like that. If you genuinely had an injury then that's a different story but um if you've got a handful of trades and go for broke like what, let's, what's let's the, say what's you the have four you lose? let's say you what's have it? four you'd well, be trading two on underperforming premiums this week obviously well you've only got four trades left so you might as well go for it <laughs> well you could i guess get rookie cover um okay well let's say you had i mean three i would say we probably both agree three you would still be trading at least using one possibly two on underperforming mm. premiums what if you just have mm. two two trades remaining um, I would ho- I would hold until we got a few more teams named during the week. Um, yeah. And then if everything's starting to look good, you don't have any injury concerns, you're waiting to see teams on, then I'd probably use one as a sideways. I totally agree with that answer. I think you can hold one for next round and use one now to try and get some points for the last two weeks, but I wouldn't be using it on the very first game of the round. Do you have any examples of some premiums that are underperforming that you would feel comfortable um, sideways trading? Just potentially look at your side of underperforming premium players and and take a stab at one of them that you'd like to get rid of first? Uh, Probably Doherty jumps out at me and then... I'd love to get rid of Simkin, but he's so low in price. What about somebody like Mitch Duncan? Do you think he's he keeps scoring about a hundred flat? And at his price, you know, we could have sideways traded to Walsh, who's basically on an absolute tear in the last seven weeks. I've been mentioning every single con- every single podcast. I pretty much mentioned Lions and Walsh, and not having either of them is just frustrating me. Well, there's nothing I can do about it since I don't have any trades mm. left. But would you be? Would would Duncan be somebody you'd consider getting rid of? I mean, if he's not scoring with the run that they've had, then I don't think he's going to have an uptick in the, uptick in the last two rounds. So I, yeah. I'd, I'd be considering moving him on. Yeah, I think um, I totally agree with the Doherty. If he's fit or not fit and you've got the trades anyway, at this price has now gone up, I think I would be trading him, um, getting rid of him. Chizo. If you had a defender that you needed to get now to replace him with Doherty, obviously we don't know the prices because the round is still locked out. Is there somebody in the 400 to 500 range that you think is potentially going to score well in the next two weeks? Uh, well, I think it's. I think that's a pretty wide bracket. I think anywhere down near the 400k mark, you're not going to get in. You know, super value down there. So I'd be looking uh, anyone that sneaks into that that kind of high 400s bracket, uh, where you do have the likes of Tom Stewart at 498, uh, Jack Crisp at 491, 
and you've got Short at 490 and Maynard at 498 as well. I think they're, they're the, probably the four that stand out of, at me uh, that have the, the, the scoring potential over the, um, the next couple of rounds um, as, a, as a potential Doherty replacement if you've got 30k up your sleeve. Yeah, I think the only one that's a bit cheaper that I wouldn't mind for the next fortnight is probably Caleb Daniel. Um, you know, he's just a bit, you know, 20k less expensive than the other guys, and he's got a decent fixture Hawthorne next week in particular. And I think he's someone that could average 100 plus uh, for the remaining two weeks. So yeah, yeah, that's probably. What about Shannon Hearn? On 112 and offer a nice little rest there, mate. He might be rejuvenated. No chance. No chance. No chance. All right. I'll throw some rapid-fire questions back at you, Pistol, uh, from Podcast Questions thread in Slack. Uh, Jay Bizzle says, the best mid-primo under 600K uh, he's looking to bring in for the last two games. It's a great question. I think there's only probably five answers to this question i'd say the options that you'd be choosing from would be um dangerfield jared lyons um travis boak sam walsh uh maybe even i'm not going to throw rockcliffe into there as keeping up with the others but from those options i've i've been super hot on walsh for you know so long now I can't even remember what it feels like not to be super high on him but truly between him and Lions again they're both just phenomenal scorers I'd probably lean to Lions just because his consistency throughout the entire season and he plays for a better side so I feel like there's less I guess downside in the pick um, in case Carlton get done by like 10 goals I don't see that happening but it's a possibility and then he might score poorly so uh, for me it's probably still Jared Lyons he's just been a, a beast for this whole season okay cool uh, H says the best ruck outside of Max Gorn it'd be hard to go past Riley O'Brien Chizo. I d- it sucks if you can't get Gorn it truly does but Nick Nat he's so expensive and he he's got great scoring potential and he's going to need to play absolutely unbelievable to get West Coast over the line. But I just would feel more comfortable thinking that Riley O'Brien's going to put up two low tons to end the year, and that's probably good enough. Okay, cool. Uh, Next question, Harry. Is it still worth spending all of your trades to get Draper to go on? (laughs) It's a great question. It depends on the injury this, this week. If you've avoided all of them, and then you only have one round to go, I would just be getting gone and thinking, you know, if I cop an injury this round, so be it. Um, And just, you know, have a little bit of a roll to the dice. But if you have injury concerns, I don't think it's, it's not a great tactic to just ignore all of the concerns and still get gone. I would try and deal with the issues first at play and try not to cop donuts on purpose just to get gone in. Yeah, okay. Cool. Uh, Blue Bagger says, are the top two mid-options still Neil and McRae to finish the season? No. I don't think so, Chizo. I think Neil is. Um, he's comfortably just scoring in the top tier of midfielders. But uh, McRae, he does have a three-round average now of like under 120, even approximately 115. And there's other players like Zach Merritt, your boy Cheezo. He's he's three round averages above 130. He's five round averages above 130, even through 
these really tough fixtures. He's churning out massive scores. Matt Crouch as well. I think it's pretty hard to go past Matt Crouch, Jared Lyons. I mean, Matt Crouch is now above 600K, but you know, if you can afford anybody, um, Matt Crouch is right up there in terms of the top tier of, of midfielder at the moment. So probably between him, Lyons, and, and Merritt for me. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks for that, uh, community, for sending in those questions and firing away at Pistol there. Got some good answers to some big topics. Pistol, thanks for being on with me tonight. It's a bit of a quick-fire podcast to get it out before the start of round 17. We've only got two rounds to go, mate. Why don't you tell them uh, where they can find us during the week? Make sure to check out Dr. Underscore SC on Twitter. You can find myself at Pistol Underscore DRSC. You can find Chizo with a Z at Chizo Underscore DRSC. And JB, uh, if he's still around, at JB Underscore DRSC. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening, community.